You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. gentlemen welcome once again to the packernet podcast i am your host and resident panelist as always ryan schlipp check us out online packernet.com find me on twitter pack underscore daddy app so the world has gone absolutely crazy and i almost think that um every single football fan including myself has just i don't know amnesia because i i just i misremember everything coming into Yesterday, I had a pretty clear idea of what to expect. And then a bunch of stuff happened, and it was like, oh, right. This is what, and, uh, I don't know. I mean, I said it was going to happen. Early on is when teams pay crazy money. And usually the Packers don't get involved because they don't want to pay crazy money to to players. And then I'm like, well, yeah, maybe, but this time they'll do it because you kind of need to. And, And granted, some of the guys are still out there, and I'm glad the guys that I like aren't off the board yet, because as time goes on, crazy money kind of starts to cool it a little bit. But then you see these contracts, and it's like, no, what? No, never. I don't think there's ever going to be a day where I want to see the Packers get involved on day one. Now, granted, there's a couple deals out there that I don't think were that crazy. We'll get into all that kind of stuff later, but I, I just, you know, world's going crazy, man. And there's still a lot of folks out there. Pretty much everybody that I've ever listed as somebody that I would be interested in is still out there. Landon Collins was on my maybe list, but even at $12 it was kind of, I think there's better values at safety than Landon Collins at 12. And that man got paid $14 over six years. So even if the Packers are like, fine, let's do 14, sick, come on, man, six years. Do you know how bad that contract is if year one it's like, oh, oh, okay, so so you're not that good. You're not that good. Okay, so so we got six years of this, huh? I mean, not really because, you know, these contracts are all nonsense, so I get to cut you early. So I only have to put up with you for four years. Overpriced safety. Probably the second or third highest paid player on my entire team. My safety for four years, not very good. Got it. Great. But bottom line is, the you know, we tend to look at free agency as make or break. But I think we emphasize the make a little bit more than we should because yesterday I just saw a lot of break. I saw a lot of players that are going to break the backs of their teams because that is silliness. And and remember, the the reason that I'm saying that the salary cap is real is because, I mean, if we just do some basic math, you realize how painful it is to pay guys like that. I mean, if we just look at it from the standpoint of, let's just say the salary cap was 200 million bucks, just for the sake of easy math. The salary cap is countered against the top 51 players. So 
we're talking roughly $4 million per player is what we can pay. So when you pay Landon Collins $14 million, it doesn't seem that much in the grand scheme of things when you got guys like Khalil Mack getting twenty five. You got uh, the guy that I always want to call Ed Oliver, um, Aaron Donald. I know, how backwards is that? I can never think of Aaron Donald's name, so Ed Oliver has just filled that, that void in my brain. He's getting 22. Aaron Rodgers is averaging, what, 33? But yeah, I mean, just, just go ahead and do that math. Four million bucks. So for every Landon Collins, you have to fill your roster with those $500,000 guys. You can only have so many. And, and if you think about it, if you look at it per position, we're talking about, what, roughly 22 positions, 11 on each side? You're looking at about, what, $18 million per? And the reason that that kind of money is crazy, outside of the depth, is because when you have quarterbacks that are sucking up $30 million and you got certain guys taking up too much money here and there, if you're saying wide receiver is only allowed to be allocated $18 million, except... That got brought down to about 16 because our quarterback's taking $30 million. So about $16 million is all we can pay our wide receivers, and we've got, what, five of them? And by the way, Devontae's making $16.5 million next year. I mean, do, do you get the problem with paying people a lot of money? So just keeping all that in context, it's like we don't have any money to spend. Again, if we paid all of our five wide receivers evenly based on all the positions being paid evenly, it's about $3 bucks a position, or, well, I guess technically before if we get back to our normal $4 million, you know, because of the top 51 thing. But I, I just, I bring that up to keep that in the back of your mind because you got to have the context. You can only pay a certain number of players crazy money. And you can see, if you look at any team's salary cap, you got the big-name guys, and everybody knows the big-name guys, and I think sometimes we just forget, what up, dance party? Ooh, it's in my pocket, so we got a long dance party going on today. Mmm. I don't even know if you can hear that. It's buried in my pocket. It's getting crazy. Ooh, that was a deep one. That one was deep, folks. But if you look at any salary cap, you know, the names that we know, it's like, oh, yeah, guys get like, you know, eight, ten, fifteen million dollars, whatever. No, man, it's... You got the crazy money. You got the one quarterback who's getting like 26. And then you've got the one pass rusher who's getting like 17. And then you got the wide receiver who's getting 12. And then it goes to 10. And then 8. And then 8. And then 4. And then 2. And then 1. And then it's a bunch of 1s. And then it's a bunch of 800,000s, 500,000s. And that's what your whole roster is. And that essentially is the problem with everybody on Twitter going, Oh, it's free agents. we got to get free agents. I, I don't doubt we should probably try to get one or two. But your entire team is filled up with guys that are getting paid like a million or less. I mean, let, let's just look at the Packers to give you an idea of what exactly I'm talking about. Rodgers, 26 million. Perry and Bakhtiari, 14. Jimmy Graham, 12. Which, again, it doesn't seem like that much until you put it in his context and it's like, get this guy out of here. What are you doing? Then we have Devontae Adams and Mike Daniels making 10. That's it for 10 plus. Mikey D, Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham, David Bakhtiari, Nick Perry, and Aaron Rodgers. And out of that group, you know, like half are earning their money right now. Maybe four. I'll give Mike Daniels some credit. And Aaron Rodgers, I guess I'm giving a lot of credit because he's definitely didn't earn 20, however many millions of dollars he earned last year. But then from under 10, above 5, you've got Brian Balaga getting 8, Corey Lindsley getting 8, Tremond getting 6, and Lane Taylor getting 5. That's it. From less than five but above one, you got Mason Crosby getting 4.8, Kenny Clark getting a little under three, 
Jair getting 2.7, Fackrell getting 2.1, Blake Martinez getting 2.1, Dean Lowry 2.1, Kevin King 1.9. So I mean, this is like dra- this is high draft pick money. Jason Spriggs 1.5, Josh Jackson 1.4, Josh Jones 1.1. Makes me laugh a little that Josh Jackson is getting more than Josh Jones. And the rest are all less than a million dollars. Deshaun Kaiser, Montrevious Adams, Oren Burks, Capri Bibbs, Jamal Williams, Trevor Davis, Dan Vita- Danny Vitale, Aaron Jones, Jamon Moore, Adam Pankey, Deion Simon, Deion Simon, whatever, Malcolm Johnson, J.K. Scott, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemia St. Brown, Hunter Bradley, Tim Boyle, Raven, Raven Green, Alex Light, Kendall Donerson, James Crawford, Tyler Lancaster, Tony Brown, Nico Siragusa, Trey Carson, James Looney, Natrell Jamerson, Will Redman, Alan Lazard, uh, LaVon Coleman, Anthony Coyle. And that's just the top 51 cutoff. Then we got Gearhard DeBeer, T.O. Redding, uh, Brady Sheldon, Evan Bayless, Trey Matthews, Jason Thompson, Eric Cotton. That's how you build an NFL roster. So, you know, you can look at it and be like, you know, we, we need to do better. We need better guards and we need better this and we need better that. I think the biggest problem is not only do you need a team that has high-end talent, but you can only Again, you can only pack in five, so you got to be selective. Which five do you want to pay big money to? That's kind of the problem with having a guy like uh, like Jimmy Graham eating up $12 million because, I mean, that could go somewhere else. I mean, otherwise, I don't mind this. you got your quarterback that's making a lot of money. you got your pass rusher, even though he's not good, but it makes sense. That's where you want your big money to go. You've got your left tackle. you got your number one wide receiver, and you've got a interior pass rusher. Jimmy Graham doesn't make sense. But, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully we can get him anywhere close to earning $12.6 million. But you get what I'm saying, right? There's only so many that you can do that for, so you have to be selective. Outside of that, there's only so many draft picks that are in the early rounds because even then we're talking about, I mean, Jair's gotten $2.7 million in his second year is what he's going to earn. He's almost at $3 million. So what I'm getting at is, you have to have a lot of late-round guys and undrafted free agents to round out your team if you want to pay guys big money. They have to be on your team, and they're not going to be good, and that's why you're not ever going to find a team in the NFL that's just filled with nothing but studs. There has to be weak spots. And you can get relatively lucky because, again, 53 guys, if you can hit on a couple fifth, sixth-round guys here and there to fill in these spots, those spots, you can have a really good team. But free agency is really just an opportunity to get one more, maybe two more of these guys up near the top. I mean, if you don't have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you can sneak a couple in there. I mean, the salary cap is what it is. You guys know what it is. We've got $35 million to spend. But, you know, you also have to worry about 2020. And we'll see. We'll see what happens with Mike Daniels. Maybe there won't be a Mike Daniels. Um, Jimmy Graham, if we don't have him, that's $8 million that we save, but the $3 million, and that's that's the problem too, that's one of the reasons getting rid of Jimmy Graham, if we're concerned about 2020, um, Nick Perry counts 14.3, and Jimmy Graham next year counts for 11.6, we can get rid of both, but Nick Perry next year is going to be $7.4 million in dead cap money. If we cut him this year, no dead cap money next year. If we cut Jimmy Graham this year, no dead cap money next year. So we have 10.5 tied up in Corey Lindsley. We have 14.2 in David Bakhtiari. That's a steal. 16.6 for Devontae Adams is a lot. And then Aaron Rodgers, 32.6, which is crazy money. But it drops off from 10. I mean, and we'll see what other contracts they are. But Lane Taylor gets 5.9. Jair gets 3.28. 
But the point is, what happens if we just go out and do what everybody else wants? Let me just put it one more way because this was not intended to go this way. I was just going to like say one thing and then get into the intro thing. But uh, you know how I be. I would love it if we cut Nick Perry and Jimmy Graham. And I, I don't think we're going to do either. And I, I, I'm not saying it from the same standpoint as a lot of fans. I've, I've said maybe Jimmy can get better. I've especially said I, I believe Nick Perry will get better because what he was last year is just the worst thing ever. And with a better outside linebacker coach, blah, 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 blah. I've said it a thousand times. But I wouldn't mind if in 2020 this exact form sheet website page that I'm looking at, instead of saying Nick Perry for 14.3, said Justin Houston for 15.3. And instead of the $12 million for uh, Jimmy Graham, if that was replaced by Earl Thomas, even at 15-16, you know, if it gets pushed up to $16 million, I'm not, you know, 16 is a lot, I'll, I'll grant you that, but it's a short-term thing. I mean, we've, we've got some free agents to pay, there's no question. But we're looking at $73 million, add an additional million to go from Nick Perry to Justin Houston, add $4 million to go from Jimmy Graham to Earl Thomas, We've added $5 million onto our cap to go from Nick Perry and Jimmy Graham to Justin Houston and Earl Thomas. I mean, that's just a no-brainer in my mind. And maybe if we get Houston, they'll reconsider Perry. I don't know. Maybe these guys are tentatively staying on the team. I'm not sure how that works. And we'll give uh, Kenny Clark his just absolutely massively disgusting contract. So we go from 73 down to 68-ish after the $5 million increase. Ryan Balog is gone. Tremont Williams is gone. Mike Daniels is questionable, I would assume probably returning, but it really depends on the money, and if he just balls out this year, I, I don't know, do we want to pay him another 10, 11, 12, 13 million? I, I love Mike Daniels. Awesome guy. I'm just just saying. Kenny Clark, though, is a no-brainer, and we're talking big-time money. Hopefully that's a market that's completely dying out, because... Prior to uh, Malik Jackson or whatever his name is getting $10 million a year, the last big-name signing was Aaron Donald for $22 million. So hopefully we're not, you know. Again, I would love to get it done this year. Take the, Just go ahead. I know everybody wants to spend a bunch of cap money this year on other stuff. Let's just get it done now. Pay Kenny Clark a lot of money. But, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of big-money guys that are going to be getting re-signed next year. I mean, Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark are the big ones. But even with the salary cap we have, we're still fine with it. Again, $73 million. Give them each 20 We still have some left over. Anyways, whatever. I wanted this whole thing to be more news and notes, but, you know, sometimes I get a little sidetracked. But I, I just thought it was important to talk about during free agency to understand the vast majority of our team is going to be filled up with late-round and undrafted free agent-type guys. And it, it can be free agency stuff, but even the free agents are going to be like Bashad Breeland, who we get for, like, 78 cents. Because it's just the amount of money that you have to play. I mean, again, the more guys like that that you can get out of... And that's why value is so important. Everybody gets tired of hearing value. Value is important. Because at the end of the day, the dollar amount has to translate to value on the field. And if you're paying more dollars than value, you're going to have less value or play on the field. You want more play on the field, you need value. For example, Pat Mahomes' value is through the roof because he's on a rookie contract getting paid very little, but he's producing like the best quarterback in the NFL. That's value. That value means you have a lot of play on the field and a lot of money in your pocket to go spend elsewhere. Value is the one word that's going to make sure 
that you, despite the salary cap, have talent everywhere on the field. It's only through value. Overpaying will ensure that you don't have good players elsewhere. So when I say tentatively that I don't mind the Packers overpaying a little bit for Justin Houston, I'm saying that acknowledging that that means that we're going to have less talent somewhere else on the field. But I think it's a crucial issue that needs to get fixed at a premium position. And that's also why I like Justin Houston. D Ford, we're talking about, and I don't know what he's going to get paid, but if, if teams are really willing to trade him as though he is what he was in 2018, why in the world would he not get an 18 19 $20 million contract? I don't know how good of a value that is. But Justin Houston at $15 million? Again, the reason I like it is the value of that. He doesn't have the upside, but I'm not worried about the upside. Because there's not just one position on a football field. There's a lot. So if I can get good in one position and maintain good and build more good at other positions, that makes a good football team. Getting crazy to just make sure we have the best person ever at one position is great at that one position and doing that one thing like tackling quarterbacks maybe once a game, but probably not even that much. At the expense of all the other positions? No. Like even Khalil Mack, and I promise you I'm done after this. Khalil Mack is a great football player that absolutely is going to help that team. I don't know that that's a good value, especially considering the draft, but you look at how they're drafting now, their ability to fill in all these other holes as they're purging players left and right is down to nothing because they don't have any money because of Khalil Mack. Well, partially. There's a lot of reasons. One $25 million guy isn't going to kill a team. Obviously, we have a guy that's going to get paid 30 next year, and we should have plenty of money. But I still don't know about the value. It's hard to quantify that amount of money and, and to say what kind of production is worth $25 million. Because, as, again, as good as Khalil Mack is, I just don't know, man. I don't know if that's worth it. But, again, you got to overpay if you want to get a guy like Khalil Mack, and that's what they did. But the value isn't going to be... I mean, how, how many, just, just put it in terms of sacks. How many sacks does he need to get? When you look at how many sacks the top guys get who are making $18, $19 million, how many does he need? I mean, he's got to bottom out at 16. If you're not giving me one a game, at least you're not doing your job. But again, they don't expect that. I don't think they expect a return on investment. It's kind of like NFL owners. You don't spend a billion dollars on a football team because you expect to make money on it. You're a billionaire and you want to own a football team because it's awesome. It's like, why are all these other multi-billion dollar people who own these massive companies like Tesla and everything else, why is they so obsessed with flying into the moon and flying these space missions? Because it's the next great frontier, man. It's the next cool thing to do. It's something that nobody else can do. I want to be the first one to do this awesome thing. I want to be do a historic thing. That's the Bears and Khalil Mack. There isn't an expectation that I'm going to make more back on this than the $25 million. It's just the fact that maybe he can compensate for the lack of ability later on. Maybe he's going to be able to compensate for all the other stuff that's going on in the future. Maybe I don't even care so much about the future. I want this guy to get us over the hump and get us a Super Bowl because at the end of the day, you look at some of these teams going crazy in free agency and you look at how far the Jaguars fell and you look at you know a lot of teams willing to fall into that trap. But then you look at the Eagles and you ask the question, is it worth it? And I don't know what's going to happen to the Eagles if they can purge the talent and, and maybe keep this thing afloat, but would it be worth it? Would it be worth it? If the Jaguars won the Super Bowl, would, it, would you be able to say that it wasn't worth it? Was that a bad move, or would, would they do it again? So what if I just ruin the next three years of our franchise? We won a Super Bowl doing it. Do you win a Super Bowl once every three years? No. So what's wrong with going all in, winning a Super Bowl, and then this thing just blowing up? 
So I don't know. Different ways of doing things. I'm much more of a Ted Thompsonite than I like to admit. I want value. I'm looking at it very mathematically as an accountant. And I understand that means we're probably not ever going to get the best of the best unless we draft the best of the best. But at the end of the day, that's going to make sure that we have good players at key positions at good value so that we are able to keep more good players and we never have to be that team that ships off talent because we just don't have the money to pay them. The Packers really don't do that. Now, they've shipped off good players, but not because they can't pay them. They're just trying to get out in front of this thing. We have the money to resign you if we so choose, but you're getting old, you got a lot of injuries, it's time to let it go because it's not a good value. I, I, I could happily pay you, and we have the money, and we would have a better spot. At, you know, just look at what we do with the offensive line. We would have better guards if we paid sitting in length to just stay here. But you're not worth the money at this point. And because we're concerned with value and we want to spend money elsewhere, you're going to have to go. Anyways, 20 minutes in, welcome to the Packernet Podcast. As always, and I really do appreciate it, um, if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and review, if you have iTunes, just please take a minute out of your day. And if you want to be a number one best helper person in the world, even if you don't typically use iTunes, if you could get iTunes and leave a rating and review, that would be the best thing that anyone's ever done, with the exception of all the other things that are a little bit better. But it would still be awesome. Otherwise, if you go to Stitcher, It's a website, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R, like stitching, Stitcher. Find the Packernet Podcast. It's got to be on a desktop or desktop mode on your phone. I don't know why. Everything podcast-related is dumb. That's the one thing that I've learned. It's just such a, I don't know. They they can't figure out the technology. Nobody really wants to pump money into podcasts. Google doesn't care. iTunes barely cares. It's just a thing that exists that a lot of people like, and everyone's like, eh, it seems fine the way it is. But anyways, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see the ratings and the reviews. And then to the top of the ratings, over to the right, there's tiny little print that says leave a review. Go ahead and click that, leave a five-star review. It would be awesome. And again, the offer still stands. I want to wait until we get a few more people in. I've got three up to this point. But if you'd like to get involved and do a, a mock draft for the show, me and you kind of just working through it. Again, I don't know all the logistics. I kind of need to have you here so we can kind of walk through it and figure out how to share screens and all that kind of stuff but obviously the recording i got that down but i thought it would be fun and uh if you want to do that as a bonus episode for the Packernet podcast doing a seven round mock draft and we can just talk packers talk about what they need what they want draft strategy um, but anyways if you want to get involved in that uh, leave a screenshot of your five-star review i know that seems kind of weird um but i mean even if you just want to like clip the five-star portion of it and then just send that either you could send it directly to me if you don't want everybody to see it or just post it in the, uh, I put a video up in the Facebook group. So that's the way I'm asking people to do it. But if you just send it to me, put it, DM me on Twitter, text it to me uh, through the phone number I'm about to give you in about 10 seconds, then I'll add you to the list and uh, we'll start getting some of these seven round things done. Maybe this weekend, if we got time, I'll grab somebody out of a hat. Maybe we'll do a few of them. I don't know. Why not? If I got some time, we'll just run through them. But anyways, uh, either way, if you don't want to get involved, if you could leave a rating and review, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Looks like I've got five more reviews since yesterday, so I don't need 15 anymore. I need 10 more reviews to get caught up to pack a day, depending on how many they got in the last 24 hours. But again, as I said, if we get up to 80, if we get 10 more, I will stop begging you for ratings and reviews, at least for a little while. Although in that time, you're encouraged to leave more ratings and reviews. As for that fern number, that's how they say phone number in Sweden. Fern to Gertie. Right, Swedish chef? Never mind. 
608-501-0718, Call or text if you have a question for the show or if you want to call in and get something off your chest about the Green Bay Packers. I mean, this is the time of year, man. This is I, I can't believe I don't have a flood of calls about free agency. I don't care. I've never once trashed anybody that's called in. I'm going to validate your opinion. I'm not going to be that guy. I might disagree, which is kind of not validating your opinion, but you know what I mean, right? I, 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 respectful discourse here. I understand the frustration. This should be the time of year when everybody just freaks out. The only the only caveat, you got to watch the language, man. No coarse or spicy language for the kids, all right? This is a family program. But yeah, get out. What, who do you want to get? The people want to know your opinions. They want to hear from you. Let it be known. 608-501-0718. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so uh, should we start the program? Should we start talking about a little uh, little bit of news, a little bit? It'll do a little bit. Uh, right out of the gate, the Green Bay Packers news. Nothing super crazy, but we got some stuff going on. The Packers have officially tendered Jay Kumaro. Um, I mean, we'll, it's kind of frustrating that we never got to see Jay Kumaro for a full season. What? Whoa, whoa, double dance party. Man, oh, man. Today might be a little bit out of control, and I, 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 you're welcome. But it would be nice if, I, if we could just put this Jay Kumaro thing to bed. Because Jake Kumaro was Reggie Gilbert. He was the guy prior to the season starting that was just unstoppable. Literally, and I don't mean this any other way but literally, literally every single day in practice there was highlights with Jake Kumaro. That just, you know, it, it was fluky at first, and then it was like, wow, this guy's consistent, and then it was, this is just weird. Then there was every single game in the preseason, there was at least that one play that was like, dude, there he is again. Every time, every day, what is with this guy? Well, then he doesn't play. It would be lovely if he played an entire 16-game regular season as opposed to, um, you know, just the end of the season so that we could at least say, dude, we have something awesome in Jay Kumaro or turns out he's just a preseason guy. He's no good. Let's not talk about it. But because we don't have that answered, we, we have to do this whole Jay Kumaro thing all over again for months. 
this, you know, Jay Kumro is going to be real good. Let's not forget about Jay Kumro. I think Jay Kumro is going to be wide receiver too. Jay Kumro, Kumro, Kumro. And on the opposite side, you're going to have people saying Jay Kumro is no good. We can't rely on Jay Kumro. Why do you think Jay Kumro? If, if anything, it's going to be EQ. It's not going to be Jay Kumro. We need to draft a wide receiver. We don't have any wide receivers because we don't know the answer. But I, I think at the very least, it's a good decision. I don't know how you have a guy that performs that well. And then at the end of the season, by the way, the guy's playing a ton of snaps. And he seems to have a good rapport with Aaron Rodgers, meaning he's probably one of those guys that really studies hard. And at the very, he's, he's one of those guys that he's not going to win on athleticism, which is why he wasn't a first-round pick at all, or even close to that. He's kind of one of those try-hard guys. He's going to really study. He's going to be really cerebral and make sure that he does things properly, be in the right place at the right time, and he can kind of win that way. But we'll see. You know, limitations are limitations. It is what it is. Some guys can pull it off. You look at Adam Thielen, guy's about to get paid. Why? I mean, granted, I think he's a little more athletically gifted than Jay Kumaro, but the point is, he's not one of those guys you would expect, based on his production and what we've seen out of him, uh, to be where he is as one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. But he is. It can happen. We'll see. As for some of the guys that we're not going to get, as many of you know, we're not getting Landon Collins. Frank Gore, if anybody was into that, he's off the list. He's headed to um, the Buffalo Bills. Tight end Tyler Croft is also going to the Bills. Uh, Terrell Suggs, I didn't really talk about Terrell Suggs very much. I probably should have, but I didn't. But he's going to the Cardinals. Uh, Jamison Crowder, wide receiver, is going to the Jets. Malik Jackson, who was rumored to be uh, going to the Packers, or at least there was some interest by the Packers for about eight seconds, is is, uh, going to be going to the Eagles. The Raiders got Trent Brown. Quan Alexander is going to the 49ers, which might be the worst contract of all of this. Guy's getting like $12.5 million, highest paid linebacker in the NFL. Um, Been kind of terrible. I think he's averaging about 11.5 games a season. His stats in four years are actually very similar to Blake Martinez's stats in three years. They both have seven sacks. Um, They've both almost played the same amount of games, I think nearly the same amount of tackles. I mean, it's just, it's pretty incredible, but um, I'm sure he runs fast and stuff. So there you go. 49ers just killing it. Uh, The Lions are doing a lot and it's kind of, I mean, I just talked about it yesterday, right? I said they have the easiest path to getting better. I said there's a good chance for getting Trey Flowers, which allow me to brag for a moment while everybody else, including on, uh, you know, the Packers experts and all that kind of stuff, are saying Trey Flowers is going to Miami. He's definitely going to Miami, so he's not coming here, which, can, can I just stop? First of all, you're wrong in saying he's going to Miami. I mean, he, there was interest. It was possible. But why are you saying that so definitively? Second of all, why are you saying you want him to come here? Four, three, defensive end. I mean, he plays defensive end, and then he kicks inside as a defensive tackle. We want that guy? The, the Rashawn Gary type guys? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But anyways, he did go to the Lions, which is what I said was very likely an option, is that he would go to the Lions, and he did go to the Lions. And I actually think it was a fairly reasonable uh, deal. I think, what was it, $17, $18 million a year, which is pretty much exactly what I expected. I mean, top pass rusher, there's no question he could have gone for $20 million. Now, I think maybe it's because his, similar to D Ford, it was one of those things where he's, he hasn't been like consistently the best pass rusher in the NFL since forever. But if you're looking for a 4-3 defensive end that's going to come in and be a real good producer, there you go. Now the Lions, by the way, have a very good defensive line. They still might want to draft somebody uh, to get the other side of the line. But in my mind, they've satisfied their biggest need, 
which was guaranteed every single draft. If you didn't draft a edge rusher to the Lions, Lions fans would crucify you. Now that's kind of wide open. And by the way, cornerback is another need. They went out and got Justin Coleman, cornerback from the Seattle Seahawks. Now, if you just look at his pro football focus grade, it's kind of like, ha, 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 ha. You paid this guy a bunch of money. I mean, not really a bunch. It's like $9 bucks a year. It's kind of a lot. I mean, he, technically, I think he's the highest paid slot corner. But over the last two years, if you just look at his production in coverage, right, he's not going to help at all in run support or any of this kind of stuff. But in coverage, he's not bad. So now they have Darius Slay on the outside. They've got a pretty good slot corner. Uh, they've got maybe the best run-stuffing defensive line as far as their defensive tackles in the NFL. They've got their pass rusher off the edge. They signed Danny Amendola to be their slot guy. So now they have Marvin Jones, who's a pretty good wide receiver. they got Kenny Galladay on the other side, who is a good wide receiver. And they've got their slot guy. And I don't think Amendola is anything super special, but, you know, we're just kind of rounding out this stuff. It's a one-year, $4.5 million contract. It's not going to break the bank. Then they got Jesse James from the Steelers. Jesse James is a pretty decent tight end. So pretty much every big need, they've satisfied it in day one. They've got their pass rusher, they've got a corner, they've got a tight end, they've got their slot wide receiver. I don't know what their current cap situation is. I'm going to be very interested. I would guess they're pretty close to capped out, but they might still be doing work. And beyond that, even if they're done, they're sitting at pick eight, and what are they going to do? They're going to do whatever they want. If Brian Burns is sitting there, they might take Brian Burns. They can pretty much take whoever they want as best player available. They can trade back. They can trade up. They can do whatever they want. They're in a pretty good position right now. I think some of the biggest oh-no signings, in my mind, is either going to be Devin White or Greedy Williams or DeAndre, or not DeAndre Baker, um, uh, Byron Murphy. Reason being, if they get Byron Murphy or Greedy, they now have three corners, right? Three guys that are probably going to be pretty good at corner. On top of their defensive front, that's not too bad. Um you know, Ed Oliver, I think, is in play, although they do have a pretty good defensive line. It's also expensive, and they're mostly run-stopping guys. You add in Ed Oliver, who's a pass rusher, and by the way, is a better fit for a 4-3 type system. That would be a good pick. Josh Allen, Quinnen Williams, Nick Bosa, um, pretty much anybody on this list just automatically slides in with the Lions and is just an automatic upgrade. So, We'll, we'll see. I don't know. At the end of the day, you've got to be able to turn this mishmash of guys with potential into a football team that can compete and play well. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just laying the groundwork once again, similar to what I did for the Bears last year, into the let's not start laughing at the Lions quite yet because stuff's looking a little bit different than we've seen in the past. We'll see how day two of free agency or pre-free agency goes as well as, you know, everything else. But uh, yeah, Lions are doing exactly what I thought they would, and I feel exactly how I thought I would feel about that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, just running through a couple other things. Um, Eric Berry apparently may become available from the Chiefs. If you were paying attention, the Chiefs went out and got uh, Tyran Matthew. Tyron Matthew, right? It looks like Tyrannosaurus Rex, but I'm pretty sure it's Tyron. Whatever. Now, I, I got to make sure now. I usually do a good job of making sure, but then when I don't make sure... I just, I always get it wrong, so we're going with Tyron, correct me if I'm wrong. 
I don't feel like looking it up. I'll try to remember later. Tyrun? It's something weird. Either it's weird or some people just say it weird and it makes me feel weird about it. Because I know it's one of those names a lot of people say wrong, so I'm not sure the right lane to be in. Tyran makes the most sense. But I know a lot of people say it weird, like Tyran. Tyran Matthew. I'm positive somebody says that, other than me. But the Chiefs ended up signing him, so there's some question about Eric Berry. Eric Berry is, uh, I mean, you want to talk about high risk. The last time he played a full season was in 2016, and the guy was just incredible. I mean, you know, you, you want to talk about an Earl Thomas-esque, Earl Thomas-type player? Eric Berry's kind of in that realm. I mean, a, a true sideline-to-sideline guy, very, very good safety. The problem is he's played less than 300 snaps in two seasons. I don't mean he's played less than 300 in each of the last two. I'm talking about combined. 2017, he played 70 snaps. 2018, he played 196 snaps. Guys had some health concerns. So I don't know. I don't know exactly what his health status is, um, but he's 30 years old, health issues, you know, hasn't played a full season since 2016. But from what I can tell, every single time he's played, so 2018 he didn't play, 2017 he didn't really play, 2016, 1,000 snaps, he was unbelievable, and especially in coverage. 2015, same thing, not as good, but real good. 2014, he only played 366 snaps. 2013, he played 1,000-plus snaps, he was incredible. The one outlier here is maybe 2012. He played 993 snaps. was just kind of mediocre. But we're, we're kind of getting into the way back machine. Recent history says this dude learned how to play safety real good like. He was a fifth overall pick and for a good reason. So it's I'll throw it into the bag of maybes, but it's only a maybe if, if he's like bottom of the barrel prices. Because he's one of those guys that as long as he's healthy and he can play and everything, it's He's going to be a good football player. You just don't want to pay him with the assumption that he's going to be playing 16 games, and you certainly don't want to sign him to a long-term contract. If, if, if it doesn't work, and I'm, I'm waiting on Eric Bear, even if and he may not even become available, but I'm going to wait because I'm going after Adrian Amos. I'm going after um, Earl Thomas. I'm interested in LaMarcus Joyner. Again, we, we've talked about it. I went through all these guys to varying degrees, and they all have their issues. But these are all good safeties that are still sitting out there. And let's, you know, again, the longer this goes, the cheaper they get. So I still like the safety market. It got off to a pretty hot start, but there's also some cheaper guys getting signed. And again, there's still a lot of people out there. So as you got some guys punching themselves out real early, now the value begins. Now the conversations start. And we we might miss out on a couple more. But as guys, you know, it's kind of like they're getting picked last in dodgeball. Suddenly your confidence starts to wane a little bit. Like, what about me? Why didn't I get that? $14 $14 million. I'm better than Landon Collins. LaMarcus Joyner can't be happy. Adrian Amos can't be super happy about the whole Landon Collins thing, waiting to get their money. Maybe, you know, I don't know. It could, it could get worse. Maybe these are, it's just going to be a bunch of $14, $15 million safeties. I don't know. But I think the potential to get some good value at safety is there. But if we did happen to miss out on all these guys, which seems crazy, or let's say we go out and get a guy like D Ford, we, we spend all our money and we can't afford any of these safeties, Eric Berry is maybe the guy you come in and like, look, man, I mean, let's be honest here. You haven't played football in three years, right? I mean, can we can we just call it what it is? You're also 30. I'll give you like, I'll give you five million bucks. I'll give you five million. It'll be a one year because he's going to want a one-year deal. Assuming his health is what it is, I mean, maybe if he doesn't expect on getting any better, he wants as long-term a deal as he can. Give me one more payday and get me out of here. 
Now that all is assuming he's cut. If, if they're looking to trade him, nobody in their right mind is going to sign this guy. I, maybe I shouldn't say that so definitively. If, 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 if his health concerns are past him and teams can, can 100% verify that, which is complicated, maybe somebody would trade. But we're talking about a base salary this year of $12.4 million. 9.4 in 2020, 11.9 in 2021, 13.9 in 22. So not only does he have health concerns and hardly ever play, but it's a very expensive contract. And we're talking about paying a guy $14 million at 34 years old. Nah, man. (laughs) Nah, no. Now, granted, I think starting in 2020, we can start looking at getting rid of him. I think there would be like a $4 million cap hit. So you'd save about half the contract. And then starting in 2021, it's all, I think his guarantees are done. The guarantees written into the contract based on the base salary should be just about gone, I think. Close to gone, if not entirely gone. But either way, I'm just, I, I, that would be a no from me. Another bit of interesting news, Anthony Barr is gone and he did not go to the Lions. So he's gone. He's just gone, gone. He went to the Jets. Now this is going to actually be really interesting because there are a lot of people who wanted him to play as an outside linebacker. If he goes to the Jets and gets 10 sacks and is a dominant outside linebacker, Packer fans are going to rage. But I really am still planning on, um, as things settle down and we find out what the contract terms are and everything, getting everybody on the record and saying what you would have done. And I would like you to say it in your own words. So I, I, I want you to say it as forcibly as you've been saying it on Twitter. If the Packers are, you know, expletive, expletive, not very smart, please, by all means, because I'll be reading these to the best of my ability out loud during the season as things go south and as players turn out to be really terrible. So in a hope that in 2020, although it's great to have opinions, we'll kind of just relax a little bit because we'll realize how not smart we are, because I'm pretty sure we just memory dump as soon as free agency ends. And as these guys fall apart and aren't very good, the same guys start doing it all over again next offseason. Like, oh, we should have done this, even though I've been wrong every year since my conception. I really want to do that. The Bears went ahead and added some folks. They got uh, Buster Scrine, cornerback from the Jets. You know what the Bears are doing right now? The Bears are doing almost exactly what Ted Thompson did in his last year after he purged all those players and then re-signed guys to fill in those spots that aren't very good. You know what I mean? They're all downgrades, but it's like we we got rid of these spots and now we need to fill them. So they lost a cornerback. I forget his name. Uh, Let me check here. Of course I don't have it. I try to put my database to the use and I don't... Whatever. I'm, I'm behind on my stuff. But they lost somebody and they're refilling it with Buster Scrine. Buster Scrine not good. Interesting little tidbit from my database that serves some purpose, hopefully one of these days. Uh, Buster Schrein is going to come in as a slot corner, which I believe is the position that they lost. Nagy said that slot corners have to be able to cover, tackle, and blitz. So he's looking for a little bit more of a well-rounded guy. Interestingly enough, although the guy cannot cover to save his life, he's actually, at least last year, in the last two years, has been pretty solid in run defense and two out of the last three years has been very good as a pass rusher. So if nothing else, you're, it kind of makes sense from that standpoint. He doesn't cover all three, but he's definitely versatile enough and is good enough, you know, as far as typically being a good tackler, except when he's a terrible tackler, um, having the versatility in run defense as well as pass rush. Um, he just is, he's just terrible in coverage. And as a Packer fan, I, I, I approve of this message, this signing, as well as the message accompanying the signing. As for Mike Davis, very similar situation. Mike Davis, running back out of Seattle, they signed. They haven't lost anybody yet, but he is shopping his running backs like nobody else. He's looking for the versatility. He basically got it with with uh, 
Mike Davis. Again, not a super great running back. He kind of broke out a little bit last year, not stats-wise, but in terms of his grade. Um, his run grade went through the roof. His pass, run blocking grade went through the roof. Pass blocking is suspect, but for some reason. So he was good in 2015, 16, and 17, and then 2018 he forgot how to do it. But he just versus just well-rounded. I mean, if you, if you look at all the different categories, his blocking, his receiving, his running, they're all good. So he's not great at anything, but he's much more well-rounded as opposed to Jordan Howard, who's just a running back. He's a better running back, I would, I would say, than uh, Mike Davis, and maybe, but he got his versatility, so there you go. Uh, Matt Nagy, he, he just, he's got it in his mind what kind of players he wants, and it's, he's making it happen. It, it, it's interesting that in Chicago, Nagy has that kind of pull. He says, I want these kind of guys, and we go out in free agency and get these guys. It, it, <laughs> you get to Green Bay, and you, you can't even ask the question, what kind of players do you want? I mean, he kind of answers it, but it always goes back to kind of just parroting the, the, the Packers talking points about culture and everything else, which, granted, is something that they do look for in free agents, but it's like, he kind of has to turn to Mark Murphy and be like, what, what are we looking for here? Goot, you want to help me? What kind of guys are we looking for here? Since I'm not going to have any input on, on our free agents. Okay, so I'll just say, okay, I'll say that. Whatever, I'm not going down that rabbit hole again. Hopefully Lafleur and Pettin have very big uh, insights into who the free agents are that we get. And I, and I do think that that's the case. If you look at the fact that we went out and got Muhammad Wilkerson last year as a defensive tackle, didn't really make a huge amount of sense. And I think Malik Jackson felt the same way. As soon as he became available, it's like, ooh, that's an intriguing guy, but we don't really need defensive tackle. It's exactly what I said last year. And then Muhammad Wilkerson, like as soon as he became available, his first flight is to Green Bay, and they locked him up quick. And it just felt kind of weird. Like, why? Well, it's because Mike Pettin has come out and said, interior pass rush, very important. As important as exterior, possibly even more important, which is something that's been said. I said Mike Mayock... You know, he mentioned what out in Oakland, he's talked to every single quarterback in the NFL that's, you know, every top-tier recent quarterback. Rodgers, Breeze, whatever. Every single one of them has said interior pressure is the hardest thing to deal with. So, yeah, it, it makes sense that Pettin agrees with that, and Pettin talks to the GM, and the GM goes out and gets a defensive tackle. Beyond that, also, something to consider, Mike McCarthy would never stop talking about tight ends, how important they are, the versatility. Tight end, tight end, tight end, Look what we've done in free agency. Tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end. So again, I don't know. Maybe Gutekunst is still kind of the the top guy in terms of these decisions, but it'll be interesting to see if there's a change in philosophy with regard to free agency as well as the draft. Are we kind of targeting different people? And if so, and I hope so, that means that the coaches are having more influence on the guys coming into the team. Obviously, the GM has to evaluate and decide who are the good players. We're not letting the coach pick because he doesn't have any clue. He just goes to the GM and says, these are the types of players I'm looking for. And then he sets his board according to that based on talent, but also fit. In other words, talent based on what I believe their ability would be in Green Bay, not just how well they did in college. That's a ridiculous way to look at it. But anyways, I don't, I don't know how I get these places. How, do I, how does this happen? How did I get here? So the Bears signed Mike Davis. <laughs> I need medication. Blaine, I need your help, man. Give me some of those things that help you to pay attention. But anyways, that's that's more or less it. Um, some big-name guys went. Uh, unfortunately, the Lions got a bunch of them. I think the Lions got some decent deals. A lot of people overpaying for stuff, but there's still a lot, a lot, a lot of guys out there. I think just because Packer fans had their mind wrapped around Landon Collins so much when Collins went... 
and I, I don't even know the one or two other people that certain people liked. The feeling now is that there's nobody left. That's not true. There's there's still talent left. There's also players that still could become available, like Eric Berry. Um, there's still trades that could take place, right? A trade is somebody that's still under contract, and if a guy's under contract, it's possible that we're not even thinking about it right now. Like, oh, I did not know that they were even being shopped. I mean, for crying out loud, if you've lost hope, just pretend Odell Beckham's getting traded, and we're going to get him. We're not. We better not, but it's it's a thing that could happen, so just... You know, a little bit of hope. There you go. Go worry about that. But not a lot because we're not going to get them and then I don't want you to, to cry or anything. But anyways, it's it's a random spot as any to stop, but I feel like I'm kind of out of news. And uh, 45 minutes is pretty solid. So uh, we'll see what happens today. Not a whole lot of stuff going on, but I think for the most part I'm happy the Packers didn't take part in that madness. And uh, for sure it's going to pick up again today. We'll see if the Packers get involved. And uh, if not, We'll be back tomorrow to talk about it. You folks, enjoy your Tuesday. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.